young America, we need to talk. You may think this is uncool. You may even think it is bogus. But I want to tell you about something that has everyone buzzing. Something that concerns mature boys and girls just like you. Something called grassroots. Ashley Simon, welcome back to Grassroots Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, hit that notification button, and also check out our YouTube. Join us on Discord as well. Our community is in there. We discuss so many different topics. Uh, but today, we're actually going to try something a little bit different. But before we get to that point, uh, I want to introduce. We're going to introduce the rest of our team. Like I said, I'm Aaron Ashley Simon. I'm Brandon Killer BHR. V regular Nas. Let's make sure I'm focused and focused. I'm oh good. <laughs> I'm Wilson. Wait, Wilson, you're really just going to say that and not take note to the fact that you have a studio, you got color lights going on. Like, bro, this is not BET Uncut. Like, what are you doing? Well, I, well, I was going to, I was going to let the fans observe that and breathe it in. <laughs> and breathe it in. Oh As I wanted God. to set the tones for them with this passionate purple. As I too, I'm also wearing mauve. And, Wait, hold uh, on. Are you wearing glasses? You don't even wear glasses. What the, what is happening right now? Yo, you can see just fine. I I, de- I definitely I definitely do wear glasses and have in past episodes. Um, I look studious. But but I more so want people to focus on the mauve because I am feeling marvelous. Oh my god. Oh my god. Well, on on that note, there you know, despite the fact that 2020 has been Pretty ridiculous year in so many different ways. There's actually been some really great news uh, coming out for different people. Huh? Nazingo, right? Am I bugging? No. He he introduced himself. Yeah. What? So maybe uh, maybe because my mind cut out. I didn't hear Nas. I'm sorry. Nas is like this, introducing himself in focus. Oh, yeah, but my phone fell. That's why. My head is fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, I, I got so today's episode, let's get into the Charlemagne launching the Black Effect Podcast Network with iHeart Radio. He's introducing 18 podcasts uh, on the iHeart Radio and other platforms curated by Charlemagne, according to iHeart. Uh, the venture is positioned as one of the largest positioned, uh, <laughs> excuse me, I'm flustered here. <laughs> positioned with one of the world's largest podcast publishers dedicated to black listeners and black voices in black culture. So what, what are you guys thoughts on that? Um, first, I think it's dope. Just, just on the simple fact that um, being a black man in America and having that type of opportunity with, with a company like iHeart, I think is great, right? Like you can't, that that's awesome. Even for the people that that are signed on there, you know, I know that Nori's on there. Um, Mandy, horrible decision. Shout out to them, and a few other like cool podcasts that are on there. So I think it's definitely going to um, number one pay some bills. Number two, it's going to open up some doors, right? Um, number three, the exposure is great for, for for all of the people that are there. And number four, I think just for Charlemagne as well to be able to 
get all of these creatives together to, you know, come over to iHeart. Um, I just think it is a really good thing. Um, let I'll start there. I'll start there. So that, that's my first piece. What do you guys think? I think for me, I do like the fact that they he wants to change the narrative for Black creators from just transactional deals to actual forming legacy partnerships. I think that sometimes... And this is, and honestly, like it's it's even beyond just a black creator standpoint. I think that even just uh, as creatives, that we tend to right away think about the checks, right? Think about these deals um, instead of figuring out, okay, you know, not having just that immediate check, but how can we create long lasting revenue? How can we create more generational wealth? Uh, and also another thing too is like even with that, even when we change that mindset, I think that this is kind of a good example of asking, asking for what you've earned and deserve. You know, I, I, I noticed another thing too, when it comes to creatives, and even more specifically black creatives, it's like sometimes people are afraid to ask for ownership or ask for these partnership deals that will create mm-hmm. opportunities and more and more of a generational wealth profit for not only you, but those who are associated with it. Uh, and I think this is a good step because I think that we as black creators have to stop thinking about just getting a, a big check and think more about the moves that we need to make to have that consistent revenue stream coming in instead of just like that one massive check. Like for me, I would rather have a million dollars cut up and spread out during a long period of time than getting a $1 million check right away. Why? Agreed. Have it, have Agreed, it, have it, because it's because even if you get that one million dollar check, right? If you get that check, yeah, it seems great at first, right? But you're more likely to spend it. It's kind of like that that guy who gets uh, revenue from was it the Lion King, and mm-hmm. and 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 is getting consistent checks from that. And a lot of times, as creators, we kind of look at that one big check. And it's like, oh, we made it. Like that's the big check. That's what we take. When in actuality, that's a business move by big companies to literally just pay you out and then you don't have ownership or that they don't want to keep paying you moving forward. It's, it's, a resi- it's a residual revenue that a lot of businesses don't want to do. Like they don't want it. They'd rather just pay you out and have you leave and not bother. But yeah. that residual income that's consistent is actually more worthwhile because it's consistent and you're going to always get money. Like even if you go broke, right? You're still going to get money and you still have a foundation that you can continue to build on. Yeah. Um, to East point, uh, who she was talking about was Jason Weaver, um, from the original Lion King. He was the original voice of, of Simba that, that, that sang all these songs when he was approached by, I'm not sure if it was Disney or, or whomever owns that record. Um, they asked him, they pretty much offered him a lump sum of money. Uh, luckily enough, his mom was smart enough to turn down that money to again, get, um, some generational wealth within their family where he's paid pretty much for the rest of, his, rest of his life off of doing this one, you know, Disney movie. So that, it's a smart move, right? Like there's, there's a lot of people out there that would have probably taken that money. So that's why I said, I agree as well. Don't give me all that money up front. Um, just because that's a lot of money for someone that doesn't have a lot of experience with it. And then if you don't have experience with it or people around you that can guide you to kind of make the better decisions out there, then yeah, you're going to do some dumb shit. But if, if you're smart, then again, you can set yourself up and your family up for long-term success. And to add on to that, to get even to stick numbers, it says since the film's release in 1994, Weaver has earned more than $1.9 million in royalties. Mm-hmm. Must yep. be nice. 
So he's actually yeah. he ended up making more. Play the long game, yeah. baby. Yeah. Play the long game. Yep. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Um, so now speaking, go, 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 go. Sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say, um, with the black effect podcast network, does anybody else wish that it was maybe named something a little different? Like, Yo, some, I, I feel like, I feel like throwing the, 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 the name black on it. Yeah. Almost yeah, get, yeah. almost gives me like, it like an affirmative, a little bit, a little bit yeah. like an affirmative action type of vibe where people mm-hmm. may look at it. Like all the podcasts on that network are getting a handout of some sort when, when really we know what it is. Uh, you know, black podcasts or black entertainers in general sometimes don't get the opportunities that they should. Mm-hmm. Um, why? But I, I love the agenda of the network, and I think it's a great thing. But I do kind of wish it just wasn't named the Black Effect. It could have been like Our Effect or something else. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Because I, 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 I feel like I, that I might turn some people off. You know what I'm saying? When well, we want to bring all the attention to it, yeah. I think it's going to turn. That's a good point. I think it's going to turn people off regardless just off of the simple fact that um, it's it's supposed to be a black network with nothing but, uh, I guess, black creators or, or, you know, multicultural creators. I don't know, because, again, we're, we're all still learning all of the details as it comes. Right. But what we do know is that, yeah, it, it, it's titled the black network. When I first saw it, I was kind of like, Ugh. Um, just because I feel like. It should it while that is a fight, right? It should also be about just creatives as well. It's a bigger fight than just the the color creation, you know, trying to say, oh, this is the black network. So, you know, this is it, it could have that connotation of fighting a black fight when it's 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 while it's about that, it's about equal opportunity, but it's also about creatives having a place. So I agree about the name. Yeah. Um I, I wish I, you I, I wish you would have did it like Tyler Perry Studios. You, like, the, like, let, like, well, let's get into that Charlemagne so, Network, so and then give yeah, the opportunities. Well, to black well, I, I, well, that's it. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know, and I don't even know if he. Well, he, he sh- I'm sure he probably named that right, but I, that's that's what I think about, right? So, like, um, we were t- oh, before recording. You know, we talked about how we were going to talk about this particular topic, especially pertaining to Joe, right? So, for me, um, while I think that it's it's an amazing thing, um, I also feel like it just came out at a time or was announced at a time that was like, really, it, just, it was just bad timing. Um, and maybe it was good timing depending on how you look at it and whatever lens is coming through, but it was just bad timing because it takes away from the point and the goal of, of what, you know, Charlemagne is, is saying that he's trying to accomplish. And Hey, I'm trying to create this platform for creatives and for black people so that we can create our opportunity. But in the same token, again, you have it coming out in, in, in these crazy times where it, I feel like as time passes on, as, as these things start to unfold, it'll start to um, overshadow the point of what this air quotes network is supposed to be about. And that's for creatives. And I think yeah. that that's, I hope I hope that that doesn't get lost in all of this, because that's supposed to be the point of this. Right. It's supposed to be the fight. Um, you know, Black Lives Matter, creatives, well, everyone should have ownership. Everyone should should have an opportunity. Yet somehow it's it that's not the main focus of this. And I don't like, want that to be lost. Like I also bring it, I also bring it up because when you look at like BT, mm-hmm. like BT, you know, could have like great entertainment and everything, but for some reason we we look we look at it a little bit differently 
because we, we do look at it differently because of the cinematography, the way that the commercials are shot, how it's even uh, how we even view the BETs. It's not regarded the way it's regarded, the way a, a Grammys are, is regarded, the way the Oscars. even 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 an MTV award agree appears agreed. to have more weight than a than a than a Black Entertainment Award mm-hmm. television because it's all for Black people, mm-hmm. and it's almost like you cut out the competition aspect, even though we are probably the greatest competition. You know what I'm saying? In general. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It just always kind of throws an asterisk on everything once you just title it black. Once you put it, I feel like once you put a color on anything, especially that's yeah. always been my thing. Like, I feel like once you put, oh, that's a black male or that's a white male or that's a whatever male, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like the moment you do that, it just changes how people view things. It changes how 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 it's received, it changes maybe the message that you're trying to have resonate with the audience or, or your consumer base. It changes so many different things that, again, I really just hope that, um, and this is for all, I, I hope that it's it, that the point of whatever this is supposed to be that that's, that's uh, being displayed to us, I hope that that does not get missed. You know with, why? With you know why I think that it, it, people view anything that's named as black as as something different or lower quality or anything like that. People want black culture. They want black product, but they don't want to deal with blackness. They don't mm-hmm. want to deal with things around being black. Like, mm-hmm. and I've noticed that, right? Because it's just like, or they view certain aspects of our products and what we provide and what what level of power we have so as long as we we aren't in a certain position, right? Mm-hmm. Like, look at it. Like, I, I talked to you guys before about HBCUs. It's like, why are people, why do people view HBCUs as if they're not as reputable or established as some of these other universities? When they've had so many talented, successful people come from HBCUs. I mean, look, Chadwick, Howard, you know? Like, I, it's just, I don't, under, and so I think that, like, there are certain things that people want from us, but, Either they are afraid that they can't resonate with some of the content, the black, the black, like I said, the blackness, the black culture content, or mm-hmm. they just don't want to deal with some of the other content or some of the other aspects that will be associated with that content um, in terms of conversation. Like people right now, they're like, oh, I'm tired of having Black Lives Matter shoved down my throat. It's like, it's not, it's not shoving down your throat. You know, these mm-hmm. are real issues. But because yeah. it has, I feel like because it has black in it, Black Lives Matter, it triggers people and they don't want to, they don't, they want to be a part of our culture. They want to be part of our content, but they don't want to deal with or hear some of the things that is within our culture and within our, our community. Those people are, are uh, racist. And, and anybody I, who I, pretends I, to not understand why it's called black lives matter or that movement. Come no, on, no, 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 that's not, that's not, that's not what she's saying. What she's saying is, is that because it's, it's, called BLM or Black Lives Movement or whatever the, the movements are these days at this point, it's it's it has a connotation that that creates resistance for someone that is not black. That that's not yeah. she's not saying that they don't understand it. Now for me, um the I, thing I is though those just, titles need the word black in it though. Like Black Lives Matter, you have to put the word black in there. But it, black it, people are being shot. But but it's it's <laughs> yeah. more so it's it's less about like it's less about diving into the contextual aspect of Black Lives Matter. It's just more so like you see how people are saying all lives matter instead of just being like Black Lives Matter. It's mm-hmm. no one is saying that other lives don't matter. 
But yeah. the, what I've noticed is kind of what you guys are saying. Anytime that there's the word black is associated, whether it's associated with a college, you know, historically black colleges, universities, yeah, BET, black entertainment, te- you know, network mm-hmm. and television. Uh, anytime there's black that's associated, there is a little bit of a resistance. And there is the, the, the whole concept that people want black culture. They want things from our community. Mm. But the word black is kind of like a triggering or resisting word for certain people and certain companies and brands because they understand that if it's black in it, that more than likely the content within it may have social or other components of it that they just don't want to deal with. But that's the thing. And because of that, then they, they don't want to deal with black culture. Black, black, black culture at this point is just what it is. Black, people, black folks are angry. Black folks are outraged. Black folks are emotional. Black folks are passionate. Black folks speak their mind no matter what the circumstances are just because that's what it is. Black folks, you know, at times can stick together, sometimes don't stick together, but that's all black culture. You're either going to be a part of it and, and, and try to uplift it or um, it's going to be the, the complete opposite. You can't have your cake and eat it too, right? Like you can't want to have black faces to, to kind of um, fix or, or revamp or rework what your organization looks like because there's a, there's a need for it right now. There's a niche kind of for, for black folks. And the moment that you then misuse that, uh, yes, yeah, some, someone sharp is going to call you out on it. You have to prepare for that. And that's one of those things where um, I like the most is that it, it there's a time to, to speak up when it comes to stuff like that. And I feel like that's the, this is the most important time. Like if you're talking to these fortune 500 companies, if you're talking to small businesses or, or advertisers or whatever, find out what their agenda is, find out, you know, what they're trying to do. What is their objective? Why are they hiring you at this climate when maybe you've reached out before, maybe you were doing dealing business with them before black creatives and minorities, at this point should be very, very careful how they're used and or misused. Yeah. Oh, black people have been angry since the Watts riots in 65. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were there. You were there for that, right? <laughs> yeah. These mad pictures with Nas. Were like Nas in the background. I, I, in the sixties. The the <laughs> you saw you saw me in one of the old pictures? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, but you know what? This when I when I'm I'm listening to you guys speak. And the, the thing that I'm hearing is what Joe was, what Joe was saying a week ago about, about Charlemagne. And it's just like, yo, you still work for iHeart. Like in my, in my head, you still work for iHeart. And I'm not being bitter like, oh, oh this podcast didn't get picked up or whatever. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying, Charlemagne, you work for iHeart. You still have a boss. And with Joe, Dame Dash, Nipsey, and, and Diddy were all preaching was ownership. Yeah. And, and it's all ownership. And what, once we control our culture, we can dictate all the money goes back to us. I can't you can't say like, oh, I'm for I'm for black this, black that. And then the money goes right back to somebody else and to another community who doesn't really care. It was just using you to, to what you're saying, Brandon, is how it, why are they hiring you right now when you reached out a year ago? And they were like, oh, well, we want to go somewhere else. We're, we're you know, think about that. You know, I, I, I don't know. So is it true? Is it true ownership, Nas? Like, can we even say this is a black-owned business? And, no. And how and how do we differentiate what what is actually black-owned, and what is just a, 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 a the leader of it is is just black? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, how how do we determine? I think black-owned. I, 
I get what you're saying. Um, I you can constitute it as you can constitute it as a black-owned business per Charlemagne being the head of that department, right? So technically, he would be the boss because he's the person that is bringing this talent to iHeart. He's the person that uh, I guess seemingly created this department of sorts or network from what he's calling it. Now, again, when you get into the crux of it, to, to Nas's point, um, yeah. His, his his check is coming from iHeart that he then is distributing down to the talent or however that works out. But he himself is getting money to then take that to pay to the talent, right? And again, his check comes from iHeart, I'm assuming, because like he's still employed by iHeart. Everything is kind of anchored by iHeart with this, right? Um, the difference is, uh, from what from what Joe was saying is, no, he's the person that generates the revenue. The revenue goes to him, and then he distributes that to his people. There's no one that has to pay Joe outside of the direct businesses that he deals with and or the people that he deals with. That is what he's preaching for. That is what he's saying, hey, you should be striving for this. So, yeah, that's a great situation that you had, and we and we applaud it. But that's not true ownership, and you're misleading people into thinking that that is the right way and that that is ownership. That's not ownership. Right. Because at the end of the day, if you walk away from iHeart, you got he, uh, Charlemagne himself said, yo, it's a 50 50 thing. That's not ownership. Right. It's 50 50. Now, the difference is, is if 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 you came to them with the with the idea or or, or if, the, if you created that something totally different. But the moment you do that and it's not established and that maybe iHeart created it and brought you on or vice versa, whatever it is iHeart is there and they own it. You can't walk away with it. You don't own that IP. You can't go to another network with it because iHeart owns it. That is the fight that creatives have to start to think about in terms of ownership. You, you, while it's a, it's a good look, let me be clear. It's a good look. Is yeah. it the best look? Is it the best look that you can get from an entrepreneurial standpoint? Is it the best look that you can get from uh, a creative standpoint and ownership? I don't think so. But I, again... Sorry to jump in, but would you see this as the same lens as Nick Cannon fighting back to suing Viacom to get Wild Now back? Like, would you see that as a potential result? Similar. Similar just because, again, he he, he went there with it. There's a difference. He went there with it. It wasn't it wasn't mutually mutually created, right? Like he went there with the idea and said, yo, this is what I want to do. Let's let's go partner together. But it's still his. If he walks away with it, it's still his. That's the that's what he's fighting for, and that's why Viacom now is is they're changing their stance on how they're even engaging him and they and those negotiations because when you get to the root of it and and ownerships and all of these things when you talk about IPs when you talk about um, you know owning owning your your likeness owning a concept of sorts yeah they have to they have to look at that a little differently now because those circumstances are are very much what I'm saying now there's a difference in the power so I think and again. Go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, no, that, that Nick Cannon thing is different to me because he read that contract. You, were, you read that contract and you knew exactly what you were getting into. You can't be both. You can't be Fred Hampton and, and uh, Huey P. Newton. You, can, you can't be those brothers and get on TV and, and start calling people that which he apologized for, you know, and mm-hmm. with his remarks. And then turn around and put a smile and face on and and you start singing and dancing and you can't be both. You got to pick a side at that point. If you wearing yeah. turbans and you throwing the fist up, 
Mm-hmm. Then, like, like we talk, we talk. I don't want to rehash this, but we talk. You had Caucasian people that work for you, mm-hmm. and when you tell when you tell somebody like, you're less than, how do you go back to work and smile in their face and hand, and give them handshakes and say, "All right, let's get let's get to work." Yeah. You can't be both, and I, I think that's what we we as a people have to learn. We have mm-hmm. to learn that you can be pro pro black, and I'm, I love my skin. I love the skin I'm in. I love my hair. I love my my big bell pepper nose. I love all mm-hmm. that about me mm-hmm. and, and not have to diminish and tear down other people. And I think yeah. as, as a community, we have some sort of identity issues, right? Mm-hmm. You, want to talk, you want to talk about ownership. And I love Master P for, for his ownership and his on, entrepreneurial stuff. I love E40 for it. However, when I look at Master P and I look at Mariotti, so why does it have to be an Italian name? I get you mm-hmm. try you branded Percy Miller before with your clothing line and you had success. Mm-hmm. But what does that say to our people? Or maybe it's not Master P, maybe it's he knows something about the black community that they're not gonna mess with it if I put Percy Miller on it. Or if mm-hmm. I'm L Cool Jane, I put Todd Smith on it. They're not gonna mm-hmm. buy it unless it has this French or Italian or foreign uh aspect to it. But doesn't that go back to the fact that if there's anything that is closely tied to the word black or anything like that, it turns certain people off? Well, yeah. Well, that, that goes to the old saying, the white man's ice is colder. Yeah, if I'm selling ice and th- this white guy is selling ice, you might go buy his ice because you think it's colder. And that, mm-hmm. again, that's, that's an identity thing. That's a yeah. self-worth thing, you know? Sean John, P. Diddy made Sean John and turned it into a, a billion-dollar company. Mm-hmm. Opened it up to, to the market. These are the people that, that I looked up to that I aspire to be like Dane Dash. He's been preaching ownership. Don't mm-hmm. be a, I, I don't deal with cultural vultures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you turn around and, you know, I'm going to do a deal here. Or oh, it's black-owned, it's black but in the back, I'm going to do a business with this guy who doesn't really like me. Yeah. Wilson, mm-hmm. is it, do you feel like it's a quality thing? Like, why is it that anything that is closely tied or is known as black-owned is not viewed in the same light as something that's Italian or French or anything like that. Is it a quality thing? Is it a quality thing that we've set ourselves? Is it a quality thing where they, they view it as less? Like, why is that the case? I'm not sure, but uh, to Nas's point, w- which would also tie into that, as far as like naming it after yourself, I've never, from an artistic standpoint, I've never liked that. I feel like if you name something after yourself, it's most likely gonna, gonna kind of fail. And you don't want it, and you don't really want to be attached to that. Um, as far as him naming it like like a, a, an Italian name, I don't have the biggest problem with that. I personally, I'm not a big fan of the name of it, but isn't that kind of what they do to us with like cultural appropriation? Like they take our stuff and they'll make it sound like hip and kind of like black and cool to sell it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so if we do it to another culture, I'm not I'm not gonna stand up up in arms about it. You know what I'm saying? But I do think that some that we do have to. It's like we we hmm. and we've discussed this on we've, we've discussed this on on other podcasts about how not everything black owned is dope. Right. But yeah. I, but I think that we do we do at, at, the, at the same time have something in our minds that we, we look down on some of our own things. When, when we should be holding it up and praising it. Mm. Because we determine what's cool. 
And yeah, but the, yeah, but, sorry, but the quality has to be there, Wilson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It does. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. The quality does have to be there, but even some things that do have a similar quality or whatever else, we do overlook. Oh. I think as a community, we have to change our viewpoints in terms of what success actually looks like. Like, I think that uh, as a community, there's certain things that we look at as, oh, this is the goal point for success, right? Uh, uh, my Having my own sneakers or my own liquor, right? Mm-hmm. But then when we see things like Shaq with his with his sneaker in, what was it, Walmart? Um, yeah. Chris, can you confirm that? Um, with his sneaker line and and how some people viewed that as less because it was associated with that chain. Or, you know, we see people like Ray J with scooters or we see people doing toilet paper investments. I think that we have to change our mindset as a community in terms of where, where success can come from. Because it's like, mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes we always aim for the same traditional route that we lose opportunities because we don't look at other avenues or spaces that we ourselves can develop and grow and actually create that generational wealth off of something that others may not even think would work. Like also yeah. the, the, the rap snacks thing, like that's <laughs> like, we, it's just like thinking outside the box and, and, and looking at long-term oh, investments and revenue streams that aren't, that aren't tied to these stereotypical, ter- stereotypical things that people associate with the black community. Now, I'm actually glad that you mentioned Shaq and Walmart because that, that's like a, that right there, that's a good example of something has to be dope. Because if Kanye went and did a deal with uh, Walmart, we would buy it. He does a deal with Gap. I'm already spiritually standing outside a Gap waiting for the clothes. <laughs> I'm already online. So I, I, think, I think that we definitely, it depends on who's attached to it in the black community. And, and I feel like even with like Kanye stuff, whether we buy Kanye's uh, stuff, Jerry Lorenzo, which is fear of God or Virgil Abloh, we're not, we're not buying them because they're black owned businesses or black buying it because it's dope. or designers. Exactly. We're buying it because it's dope. But I have to say though, for, for Shaq, his, his, he, he wasn't so focused in on like making it super, super dope. He was focusing it on making it affordable. And yeah, making it, making it, that, yeah, that, affordable, that, that, but but cool enough that kids could get it. And he was successful. I think he sold like a hundred, was it hundred twenty million? That, that, but, that was success. That was that's a the problem. Successful chain. Yeah, but that that's the problem because cool because kids, little kids, only see cool. They they know what's cool. They they don't shop with with their own wallet. So you know what I'm saying. I remember as a kid, if my mom would have tried to get me some Payless kicks, not happening. Mm-hmm. It wasn't happening. You know what I'm saying? I may not have had like Jordans or whatnot, but you're not going to disrespect me with these Payless Jordans. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, Shaq sneakers are not, Shaq sneakers aren't that bad. Like, it's, it's, it's enough where... His Reebok joints was cool. It's enough where, I mean, come on, it's enough where kids won't get made fun of, right? And I think uh, that... Kids are brutal. You know, kids are very brutal, <laughs> but, uh, but... But it kind of goes back, it kind of goes back to what I was saying. We have, to, we have to stop always thinking about selling cool things and look at selling things for different things. Like his is more so accessibility. The coolness, he doesn't have to necessarily sell entirely coolness because Shaq is cool. He is a well-known and famous uh, uh, former and previously pro player. We, because he's black and he's a pro player, all that stuff, he is that cool factor. But I think yeah. that because... You know, the sneakers aren't that bad. 
and he's focusing on accessibility. He was focusing on making sure that kids can actually afford sneakers and get sneakers that are, are good enough that they can feel good about wearing. We, can, we have to always stop thinking about investing in businesses and putting product out just because it's cool. And there's other factors, accessibility, uh, uh, creating create, putting out products that are meant to help people improve their lives. I, there's so many different avenues. And I think that if we focus in just on the cool factor, we're restricting ourselves. And we have to remember, we are already the cool factor because people, anything that's associated with celebrities and black culture, people want. People are injecting crap into their butts and lips just to look like us, you know? So I think it's just like changing our mindset in terms of understanding that we are the ones that have that power. We have the culture currency. And it's about how we, how we structure that culture currency to not only get other people to buy into it, but also how do we structure that culture currency that helps to create generational wealth and create opportunities for others within our community. It doesn't necessarily always have to be about coolness. It could be about building and growth and long-term profits. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Starberry too. Starberry sold quality sneakers for $15. I, yeah. I think he was rather successful with that too, right? Yeah, yeah he, he's he, successful with that. Yeah, everybody was. Especially, I believe, overseas, right? Yeah, China, they, they were big. But even here, because yeah. he said, yo, it's the same material that Jordan uses. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, I'm not beating you in the head for $150, $200. I'm giving it to you for $15. So I just want to shout out. Most people don't know that. Most people don't know. They don't know that the the price is not even the materials. It's the logo and the brand. And that's why they build the brand. brand. Like, like I know markets overseas, the same. I could literally make my own sneaker that's a Nike sneaker and pay less than going to to Nike. But people don't know. It's not the material that makes it expensive and all that. It's the branding. That's what they add on to it. And then, I mean, there's productivity and all that stuff adds to it, the, the, the external costs. But- it's really not as expensive. People just spend money because of the logo name. Well, yeah, listen, Nip- Nipsey, Nipsey did it. He got it from the brother in uh, Philadelphia who did it with the Philadelphia cheesesteaks. We're selling them for $100. When he, yeah. did, when he did his album and he had the Proud to Pay campaign, you know, he charged $100 for, for, for his album. And he said, yo, this is for my fans that are proud to pay. You get a little extra. You get tickets to a concert for an exclusive concert, but... I'm going to end up giving my album away for free, but the first 1,000 people um, is $100 if you want it and you're proud to pay. So it, it just goes back to your, your marketing and who who's selling the product. Who's selling? Yeah, I was about to say, who's selling the product? It goes back to, to Wilson's point of the, the face does matter. So, I mean, kind of jumping back to, I guess, the topic at hand, how do you think this will this will play out in terms of just the structure because there was a lot of unanswered questions like on Joe's podcast again Nori couldn't answer a lot of questions um when you looked up the information as far as the ownership goes as far as what the what's out there public record public knowledge it I don't uh, like the the one thing that struck out that stuck out to me that that wasn't answered was ad money right like we've, we've 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 taken ads before and we and we know that those ads either are really good or really bad, but it's it's the percentages um, they vary, right? So they vary off of a specific rate that is the market value rate. So the same way there's a, there's a, a market value value rate for when you go to an expensive restaurant, and the steak is just there on the menu, but there's no price. It's fair market market value. Same thing in terms of of numbers and in terms of ads. There's a fair market value. Now you can scale up depending on your numbers and, and what you do or scale down. But the fact that, um, you know, that question alone wasn't answered, whether 
you have what the percentage is or whether you you're even able to to even take on ads while being on this network and to hear kind of nori be like uh yo we'll get back to i really don't know we're gonna figure it out though i was like what do you mean like i I don't want to like that that for me those are the unanswered questions like those are the things for me that will um that will determine for me you know what what this really is but even still what you know what's not for us or them or for anyone else could very well be for the people that are on the network i i honestly do think like i said regardless it's a great opportunity it's a lot of exposure it's 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 a big push all eyes are going to be on it's the first air quotes black network that is that is i guess relaunching since a revolt or since a, a bet or whatever mm-hmm. other businesses that are out there that is geared towards creatives and minorities so i'm i'm kind of just curious to see what it looks like once okay. it's all out there I'm curious to see as well. And I think another thing too that I kind of thought about was whether whether you have full ownership, whether it's partial ownership or whether it's whatever, right? Why is it that we we success is viewed upon selling the company yeah. instead of holding yeah. it mm-hmm. and creating that revenue? Why yeah. is it that we view that success of building something up and selling it off instead of keeping that black ownership moving forward. I mean, we've seen that. I mean, look, BET got sold off. There's a few other companies that built up and then got sold off. Um, or, and, and it wasn't like, it wasn't like a situation where the black ownership still had it and they just like um, removed themselves from like day-to-day operations. And then why is it that we do that constantly? Like, it's like the, fo- the focus of our success as a black owned business is to sell it. Because even for us, we sell the bag. <laughs> we sell, yo, you got to go get the bag. You have to go secure the bag. Go mm-hmm. get the any any bag there is. I don't know any of the cool lingo that's out now, but the bag is the money, right? That's what you you you, you at least you, you you think that that's what the agenda is until you start to learn a little bit more. And as you learn, it's like okay, all money is not good money, and quick money is, does not mean make meaning that it's the best money, right? It's it's about long term growth. It's about long-term revenue. It's it's about sustainability of that revenue. How do you sustain it? Not it's it's not about, you know, getting a quick flip. It's not about, oh, let me come up with this great product and go give it to someone else where they can take it to the next level where I'll never get my worth. It's about, okay, how can I take this to the next level while retaining my wealth and retaining ownership of this idea and concept that I created. You also know what I think contributes to just certain views, just how we interact in terms of business. I've noticed that we are so, I don't know, and, and, I, and I'm not going to say everyone in the black community is like this because they're not, but there's some of us in the community where we're so secretive of giving information for someone else to succeed because, you know, I feel like sometimes this view of limited seats affects us actually collectively building up with each other. Um, and, and granted, not everyone, not everyone, like, I, I, like you can't help everyone, right? It's just, it's physically impossible to help every single person. There's certain information you can put out there that will help others. But I feel like sometimes when it comes to content creation, and, and, and I'm saying this just even from experience with dealing with other content creators who are black stuff, it's like, it's so secretive. It's like, don't want to give off information about why they're successful or don't want to, you know, oh, well, what, what's a good, like, do you know a good graphics person? It's like, they don't want to give you that. They tell you, oh, just put a, put a tweet out and you'll, you'll find someone that works for you. And this is not even just, I mean, this is not just for the black community. This is content creators in general, but it's yeah. like, why are we so secretive when there are other communities 
that will give information to each other, that will help with building each other up and build the community, why is it that we are so secretive and don't do the same and understand that if we actually help one another and build up, that we, one, create our own seats, and two, we can all be successful together. It's like a constant competition that we as, as, as Black creatives are constantly going through because it feels like these companies, these higher-ups, it's like they make us feel like there's these limited seats when in actuality, there aren't limited seats. It's the perception that there's limited seats, but there's not. We can actually create our own seats. And so it's just like, I feel like we gotta, we have, there's a, that's, a, that's a mindset and a perspective that we have to break. But also in addition to breaking that, we also have to not have this mindset where just because you are black and you have a product, and if it's not good, it, you can't push people to support a product that's not good. You have to focus in on quality as well, or oh, potential, sure. potential too. Because you may not have all the resources to make it the best it can be, but as long as there's potential, we see it. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great trick that, 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 that they play, man. It's just like, oh, yeah, it's not enough money. There's more, more than enough money to go around. And we really got to protect our stuff. I was just reading some the the Daquan. Uh, the Instagram. the meme, the yeah. meme that popped, the most popular meme account. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how, no, I don't know how true it is. I don't know if that picture is really the guy who sold it, but if he's, He's not black, and he sold it for eighty-five million. I doubt that money's coming back to anyone in the African American community. Absolutely. And I'm still I, maybe you guys know. I'm still trying to figure out why. Is it like a land grab? Is, is it advertising? Are they placing products in those memes? Why is it worth eighty-five million dollars? Well, it's because of, because of uh, number one, their turnover. Number two. Um, that meme company could easily go work for a company and produce memes. It's the same reason why 50 Cent is very effective when battling people. I'm sure he has a team of people that are specifically hired to just create memes. So anytime you go act stupid, Nas, or I go act stupid and want to say <laughs> something about 50 Cent, it's up, it's on site. Let's go, let's let's get to work. So yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's a quick revenue, it's it's time consuming, right? Like we create assets, we create all, all different types of things. And when we do, it's one of those things where it's like, well, shit, how, how do you keep it up? So yeah, for him to be able to turn that into some sort of revenue generating business or self of posting, that, that's great. But to your point, that, that, that dollar is not coming back to the community. It, you will never see it. And now yeah, it, it did it. Yeah. it. It's not like this. So I just looked it up. This is, it's crazier. So the, the Daquan Instagram page, obviously it features a black teen on it. But people have been calling them out because they're, they're, there's a, it sparked a debate about cultural appropriation on Instagram. And basically what they're saying is, yes, it features a black teen on the profile picture, but it's owned by this company called IMGN. And essentially what happened is 2016, a, a black teenager who's Ethiopian and Canadian, he actually sold the page to I, IMGN. And the company didn't, did not announce any changes. This is reportedly from Yahoo. They didn't reportedly announce any of the changes and continue to, to quote, Promote stolen memes, which were captioned to appeal black audiences between millennial and Gen Z. And the guy who is the co-founder and CEO of IMGN, he himself is not black. Yeah, so he the, the original dude sold it for not even a fraction of the 85 million. I'm pretty sure on that. And now the new guy sold it again for 85, knowing your worth yeah. and, knowing, and knowing what you have in your hand. Like you, that dude probably just sold himself short. He's probably in his house, cursing up a storm right now, mm -hmm. because 
something that you created is sold for a thousand times more. It's just, oh my gosh, man. We got to do better. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I've come to. We just have to do better. Like, if if you're not aligned, then it's never going to work. And that goes to the, the higher people, the Joes of the world, the Charlemagnes of the world, the, the, the Rogans of the world, the people that are at the helm when we're talking just creation. Like, I get it. It's, it's, it's a it's a, a, a dog-eat-dog world of, of sorts, and it's, it's business. But at what point do we start to stop? Or what point do we start to look at things like, okay, hey, this is actually affecting all of us. Yeah. You holding information, me holding information, me wanting you up, you wanting me up. At what point do we start to think about, hey, does this really affect our overall agenda of creatives getting equal and or more opportunity for ownership yeah. and for and, and even just for the opportunity to create? Like, that's just for me, that's where my space is. Like, I, I, I don't I don't think it's I don't think this is the time to waste time on on on, on minuscule things. Yeah. Me personally, even though this is a big topic, like I'm not I'm not trying to diminish you know, what they have going on and what they're talking about. Because the, the, that, that is very much uh, X-Men uh, analogy, the Professor X and, 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 uh, and Magneto, Magneto and to, 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 to your Malcolm X to Martin. It's very much that. They both have the same agenda, but are, like, where, where does it go from there? Is, 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 you know what I mean? So that, that's just my thing. Like, I, I just think we have to change our thinking or, or you know, realign who, who, who you're aligning with. Yeah. That's the other option. Like, okay, hey, if you still giving off this vibe, and if you still giving off this vibe, like, you know, hey, I'm, I'm trying to go, you know, stock the fridge, and you, all you're doing is just taking out of the fridge, but acting like you're putting in the fridge. Yeah, no, no, yeah. That, 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 that's, that's not how that works, right? That's not what it's supposed to be. Yeah. If, if, if we're unified and if we're aligned. And, and also- that's how I feel about it. Also, companies don't want you to share information at all because it, it allows them to make these necessary moves and everything. Well, like from a basic standpoint, why do you guys think that companies don't want you sharing salary information? That you, that, because they know your work. Because, why, why? because they know that you'll find out, oh, I'm getting paid less than this person, even though I do more and da, da, da. They're always... Businesses are always going to try and get more for less. And that's why it's important for, for not just, and, and this is just not for black community members. This is just for content creators and business owners. It's important to share information and cer share certain information with the right people. Let me say that with the right people <laughs> sharing information because you can determine if a company's trying to lowball you or not. I've definitely had situations where I, I found out someone else's price and someone tried to lowball me. And I said, nah, we're not doing that. And also yeah. we ourselves too have to be okay with walking away from an opportunity that does not align with our self-worth. If it does not align with the value of our brand, if it does not uh, align with the value that we've created for ourselves, be okay with le not taking that check. Another opportunity, another check can come and will come. We've seen that with, what's it, Shark Tank? There's several people from Shark Tank that said no to the investors and they're like, oh, you're gonna regret it. And then they actually ended up making more money. <laughs> Like mm -hmm. you gotta be okay with not taking opportunities and understand that there other opportunities can come. If you have a good product, if you have a good business, it will come and don't jump at the opportunity of selling or giving a, a ownership or, or doing something that you may regret later on just because you want that quick check or you're afraid that another opportunity won't come. They'll make it seem like an opportunity won't come, but it will. 
I agree. I definitely agree. Uh, the one thing I've learned just in my business dealings and just observing everyone else's business dealings is that regardless of anything, those same companies that uh, either a lowball you, diminish your value, or don't even give you your worth off top, they come right back. <laughs> Let me be clear. They come back and they come back very humble. It, and, 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 and for anyone that is an entrepreneur, creative, or anyone you know with a product where to each point, you you may not have gotten your worth or whatever the case may be. Trust me, they will. They always come back. They always come back. They have to because they came to you in, in in the first place for a reason. My my pops always said this throughout my entire life. If they want you, they want you, and that could be in any capacity: relationship, business, uh, work, um, uh, anything. If they if if whomever you're dealing with or whatever you're dealing with, if they really truly want you, they they'll 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 make sure that they get you at any cost so yeah that's that's my bit of advice is it this internet thing is still in its infancy too if you really think about it you know oh, yeah. right, the turn of the century two year 2000 it's 20 years ago so there's mm-hmm. still a lot of gold in them hills if i'm that looking at joe, joe rogan get 100 million daquan is getting 85 million for a meme profile mm-hmm. for a meme profile like it's it's a lot of gold still in them hills and i think Everyone, especially now that COVID is it, is trying to navigate how how do we mine this gold out of the, out of them hills, you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and as a community, not just black, but as content creators, you have to be mindful and know what you're doing. You know, yeah. just to, just to reiterate what you guys are saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, definitely, it's like definitely. you also have to understand your own value and be able to explain your own value. I think there's such a misconception when it comes to business that people think that you have to have hundreds, hundreds of thousands of followers to get a nice check. They think that you have to be at a certain level. That's not true, right? It's all about educating yourself and informing yourself and understanding the business, understanding that industry, understanding the market, understanding how you convey yourself, how you convey your value. There's always, the thing that people have to understand if you structure your content and you structure your business correctly, there's always value that you are giving. It's just understanding what kind of value. Is it a niche value? Is it a, is mm-hmm. it a, a, mass, a mass market value? Is it, you have to understand these things to be able to get opportunities. Like I know some people who, I mean, look, some of the most, some of the wealthiest people, some of the people who get the biggest checks don't even have social media. Like people, people, people put what they deem as, value or, oh, I'm valuable now because I have 50,000 followers. It's like, no, if you're viewing it the wrong way, there's ways to convey and and market yourself to show the value that you have that exceeds what you may think is right in front of you. Um, And a lot of times that's also why businesses screw certain, certain businesses, companies screw people over because they see that value. They see that market value and they see it early. And then what they do is they'll quickly try to pay you off when it's early Knowing that, it, knowing that they see the potential of your business or your social media account or whatever is going to hit a, hun- a, a, a millions, right? If you can't see it hitting that point and they do, they will, they will pay you off and then take it to that point. And then you're going to regret 100%. it. You have to 100%. really, really understand whatever business or whatever content, like don't just, I love content creators, but don't just jump into content just like with the mindset of, oh, I just want to create. Don't do that. Like you have to also jump in with the business mind and understand what you're creating, what's the value, what's your demographic, what's your market, so you can fully get a bigger picture of where you're going and the value you have so that you don't get screwed over. Agreed. Agreed. Good point.
Wilson, do you have anything? Oh well, no! Wait. Seems I like think... seems like you've been you've been thinking really hard over there. Well, well, well. No, I had a, a camera tragedy. You could probably tell by the uh, new background. Um, <laughs> yeah, back, no lights. But, there uh, goes the hangers. Oh, oh, the yeah, coat yeah, hangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was late. Closet. You're not even the same person no more. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was late. Clothes hanging. It's not even a vibe no more. I don't, I don't want to hear what you have to say anymore. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a vibe. All the yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm no longer feeling marvelous. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not sure if you guys have mentioned it, but you know that that was the most important thing about uh, uh, Joe's that that podcast where he had a quote unquote rant is the fact that his dealings with with the company that he was dealing with uh, basically they were trying to hide his worth from him, mm-hmm. and and his whole entire point in signing that contract was so that he could, uh, you know, put a number on his worth. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't tell how many people are tuning in or for how long or whatever else, they're not giving you you the statistics. Now they could could tell you what your worth is as opposed to you knowing. Mm -hmm. So then when negotiations and everything comes around, they could try to G you. Uh, Correct. Correct. No, I'm not that sure is, if you guys had is, said is, anything about that. Or, no, no. But, we but we then, touched but, on it, but that's but, a, a very good but then synopsis. It, what was really disgusting was to see other podcasters, uh, you know, not really shine a light on the fact that he's really fighting for not only himself, but also for them. But, yeah. then, they, but then they're bringing up and making points when they didn't, e- they didn't even watch or listen to his, his full thing about Spotify. Well, well, that's the thing. You you can't you can't worry about that, right? Like you can't worry about somebody else's actions, how they're viewing you. Like, I think I think we get lost in that, right? Like, I think that's the biggest thing of how we get lost is, hey, what do they think about what I'm thinking? And you know, and and granted, there there is a small piece where you have to, right? We're like we're all content creators. I have to care about what the consumption looks like and how it resonates with you. But the point is, is that not everyone is even going to understand that conversation and or that level of negotiation. Like there, there really is levels. Like once you get a, you know, a little bit more information, there is levels to how things are done, how they're not done and or um, how they're received and, and, and how they're supported. Like that's the other big piece is once, you know, you, you, you can just see it. You can see when people don't support certain things or when they do. And, and then you can also just see when, it's a genuine thing. And when it's not, you can all, you can see all of these things that the fact is, is that you have to stay grounded. Like you have to stay tunnel vision when it comes to things like this, or in, in, in his words, you know, a mission you have to, you, you have to, nothing can wa- uh, make you waver from that. And I think that that's the biggest thing is like, all right, block out everything else. What is the goal? What are we trying to attain? And are we all aligned? All right, great. Let's go and let's get busy. Is that simple? Yeah. It, 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 you know what I mean? It shouldn't be that difficult. It, again, if everyone is aligned. I think also people have to view, people have to view competition a little bit differently. <clears throat> I think that also sometimes people miss out on opportunities to learn because they're so focused on beating someone out, being better yeah. than someone. Great. Yep. Competition oh. is, competition is healthy and it's good. Right. I, you know, it, it, it pushes you and, and, it, and it makes you want to strive for more. But I feel like sometimes people miss out on learning points from those they're quote unquote competing because they're, they just want to be better than them. Mm-hmm. Instead of looking at this person's actually helping you because mm-hmm. they're showing you a, a form of success. They're showing you a successful formula. They're showing something they're doing is right. And maybe mm-hmm. they're doing something right that you haven't quite done. So what can mm-hmm. you take away from that? You know, you, it's like people got to open up their eyes more 
in terms of viewing their competitors, not in such a negative way, but actually viewing their competitors as, 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 uh, 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 like as, as like a helpful, like a, like a mentor or someone who's helpful. Like you don't have to engage with that person, but watch their moves, see how they handle deals, see what they're doing. And you can see patterns and you yourself can make the change you need for yourself. It's just, I think, especially in the black community, we got to stop viewing each other as like, oh, I want to take your seat or I want what you have or oh, mm-hmm. I'm better than you. Oh, this is whack because I'm better than you. You got to stop that. Mm-hmm. Be happy for the success because that person's breaking, breaking uh, doors open for everyone else. But then also just watch their movements and see how you can break doors open for yourself, whether in the same lane or somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Enough money for every, is enough money for everybody. <laughs> Agreed. It really is. It really is. Like, so, I mean, that's, that's all I got on it. Um, I, I guess to the fans, what do you guys think of all of this? I know that we, we kind of went in depth and, and hopefully I think we, we, this is a good episode. You know what I mean? Like I think it was transparent. I think that we covered a lot. Hopefully it answers a lot of questions for you guys out there. Um, and, and even if you have additional questions, like definitely reach out to any of us, like we're super accessible and that could be on YouTube. That can be on social media. That can be wherever it could be in, in, in just pretty much anywhere we're accessible. We're, we're here. Um, but yeah, share your thoughts with us. Let us know what you guys think. Um, as always, be sure to subscribe, hit the noti- notification button, be notified for our latest and greatest episodes, as well as make sure to sign up and uh, join our discord. And uh, I'm one of the hosts, Brandon Killer BHL. I'm Aaron Ashley Simon. I am regular Let me get myself back in focus here. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm Wilson. Mm-hmm. And we out. Woo. Dude. Brass, 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 brass.